You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Overflow with MC Brooks on GGR Pirate Radio. Swing a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of game five. The Nationals seven, the Dodgers three. Do you believe it? Pull the lever, Frank. Run Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back everyone to an impromptu episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks. Uh, I started putting myself on a release schedule where I'm going to start releasing episodes you know, every other week on Tuesdays. Tuesdays is going to be the release date. However, this is normally my week to record GGR post-game. However, Sometimes I feel like I'm just going to have to do these impromptu episodes because there's something that I just don't want to wait a week to talk about, right? And so I'm going to talk about the thing that everyone is talking about because I feel like I have a very interesting perspective on it. And it's not one that I'm hearing a lot of people say, at least not publicly on media. I've seen it on social media, but I haven't, I'm people with platforms and podcasts and whatnot, I'm not, I'm not seeing, you know, kind of without think about it being said very much. So I want to just kind of put it out there into the ethos. All right. But before I get into that, I just want to reiterate, this is an impromptu episode. There will still be an episode of the overflow next week, next Tuesday. I'm going to probably publish the episode of post game that I'm working on next week as well. And in addition to that, um, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> I thought I had another point, but I can't think of what it was. But with all that being said, um, you know the drill. Make sure you go to the website, GreekGeekRefuge.com, where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast. You can find uh, episodes of our other podcasts like GGR Postgame at the Diner and the Gamer Den. And make sure you go follow us on social media. We are Greek Geek Refuge on Twitter, Instagram, uh, on Facebook. We have a very active Facebook community. And if you would like to support us, if you'd like to throw us a couple bucks and get some dope perks ranging from uh, stickers to early access to podcast episodes, you can support us on Patreon. And we are Greek Geek Refuge on there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. This won't be a very long episode, but, you know, I just want to get these thoughts out so I can, you know, move on and, and start talking about other things. So in case you've been living under a rock, you know, the big topic of conversation, you know, for the last, you know, day or so has largely surrounded uh, what happened at the Oscars. And for me personally, I like I don't watch award shows, so I had no idea this even took place. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know until I you know got on social media. And, you know, when I just so happened to get on social media. Um, I saw what was trending, but I thought it might have been some sort of like skit or, you know, segment or something. You know, sometimes award shows do stuff like that where there will there'll, there'll be something like that that they, you know, implement as part of the program. Especially when you have comedians that are hosting um, that are hosting these these events. Sometimes they will do like these little scripted bits as part of the show. So I thought the reason Will Smith and Chris Rock and Slap were trending on Twitter was largely because... 
you know, of some sort of bit or something. So like, I didn't even, I, I didn't even feel compelled to go check out exactly what it was. However, though, once I saw what happened, I was like, huh, all right, now good, on, good on Will, good on Will. Because that's for, for me. And I know that my opinions on things like this are largely unpopular. But I don't care about whether they're unpopular or not. I'm not someone who is of the opinion that comedians have free range to say and do whatever they want just because they're comedians. My opinion on comedians is very similar to my opinions with pretty much anyone else with a platform. If you are someone who has a huge platform, who can move mountains and make waves when you say things, you have a responsibility with your words. It doesn't matter whether you are a musician uh, whether you're a comedian or whether you are a streamer or like w whatever it is that you do, whether you're a podcast host, you have a responsibility with your words and you don't have free range to say whatever just because it's under the guise of comedy, right? One of the things that's happened in the last 20 years or so is the landscape of what the landscape of society at large has changed. We are at a place now where we have a better understanding of uh, the issues that affect various groups here. We, we have a better understanding of how words in particular uh, can lead to harm and violence for the people that, that they're being used against, right? It's not, it's, it's not as simple as, you know, you know, well, you know, everyone gets joked on because with what we've learned in the last 20 years, we understand that like what is being said and who says it carries way more weight than it did before, especially now that we're in an era now because of the Internet and specifically because of social media, uh, people who normally would not have had a voice to speak out about, you know, people saying disparaging things about them now have a place and a platform to do so. They've been able to amass their own followings and, and, and you know, be able to respond whenever certain things are being said about them or about their community or about uh, loved ones of theirs, people they know who are part of that community, right? That's been a great thing that has happened, I feel like, in the last 20 years or so. Because far too often, people with, with privilege and power don't understand the gravity that words can have, the way that they can impact. If you are someone who is from, uh, who, who is from uh, one of these communities, who, who, who has, you know, who's, who's had negative things uh, said about them, then like you understand, or on, at least on some level, you understand how that stuff can impact you. But for people with privilege and power, and, and, and that can be, you know, either people across racial lines or even just people who have money, money and power and influence, they don't complete, they, they may not even understand. We've, in the black community specifically, we, we've had many conversations um, about the fact that like, you know, black celebrities don't really reflect the black community at large. Like we can celebrate their success while also acknowledging that, you know, because of what they accomplished, they end up being very out of touch from the community which they say that they are representing. They like to sell this idea that their success is our success, which 
on some level you can argue is true, especially, you know, when it's the case of someone who went from not having money or, you know, resources or anything to now having, you know, a wealth of them, right? But I say all that to say that things have changed in society and comedy is no different. Comedy is one of those things that much like everything else, it needs to change, especially as I mentioned, because we understand now how words can impact, how they can influence, right? One of the frustrating things that I've been seeing over the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours is this idea that, you know, you can't enact violence against someone just because of words. But what that statement, what that statement means for me anyway, or what it, what it says to me is that people in general have a very limited definition of what violence even is to begin with. So something cannot, something is not violent just because of physical harm or physical assault. Words can be violent. Emotions can be violent. There are a number of, there, what it really comes down to is, you know, when it comes to the power scale in, in regards to something like violence, people don't see words and physical violence on the same level. And it, it, it is largely because the impact that words can have is not always visible right? It's not always a visible, uh, a visible reaction. When someone gets hit in the face or like hit in some, like we can see the, the harm and the hurt that comes from that act. But when it comes to words, that's generally not the case because it's not, it does not always lead to, uh, you know, visible hurt or visible harm. And then in addition to that, if you're not someone who who is of the community or, or of the person or like of the, you know, the the type of person that the, the joke is being made against or the statement is being made against, then you may not even be able to see in general just how exactly that impacts you. You know what I'm saying? There, there, there's a there's a reason that, you know, in the age of what comedians have been whining about cancel culture. Um, the day so many of them don't feel like they completely grasp why people are speaking out against them because they have said something that is offensive, right? Because it, it really is a privilege to be able to say these things and you think you're doing it under the guise of comedy, but they can hurt. You know, words can hurt. We like I, I just said this. Words can impact you. And because it's not always visible, we can't always tell unless you say something. You know, growing up, the, there was always this adage of, you know, uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But we, we, we know that's not true. We, we know that for a fact that it's not true. We know that words can cause harm. I, I firmly believe that part of the reason that so many of us in this country suffer from, you know, mental health issues of various degrees is largely because of words. Like, yes, you know, physical, physical acts, obviously, but because of words, 
because of words that we tell ourselves, because of words that other people have said to us, because of words that we associate with very specific moments or with very specific people or some combination of events that we have experienced. Words absolutely carry, carry weight and they can harm and they can hurt. And that's why, as I've said, I believe that comedians have a responsibility with their platform. You don't get free range to just say what you want to say anymore. That should never have been the case, but it's good that we're at a place now that that's beginning to not be the case anymore. So what Chris Rock said, the joke, it's a, it's a, it's a throwaway joke. And honestly, if you don't understand on some level, I could get it. You know what I'm saying? But there's, there's a reason why Will reacted the way he did. And I don't fault Will for responding the way he did because there are scenarios where I would have done the same. The, the joke about G.I. Jane, right? That's a joke that I kind of, I vaguely remember from childhood. And it's a joke that would largely be made towards black women. And it's one that would, that was used to enlarge, deny their femininity to imply that they are not women or, you know, because of the way that they looked or their body type or because their hair was short, you know, it, it was used to disparage them for things that they themselves could not control. So while the joke in itself was, I mean, it was a bad joke. And while at large people might not have known the context, that's, that's one of the things that I immediately thought when I heard it. But then you also have the additional context of this is not the first time that that uh, Chris Rock has taken shots at Jada. He did it six years ago at the Oscars when, you know, not only Will and Jada, but other high profile black actors were boycotting because no black actors were nominated that year. And while that does speak to some of my issue with award shows in general, I'm not going to go down that tangent right here. But this isn't the first this is not the first time that that Chris has done something like that. And, you know, Jada has been very open about her struggles with alopecia. It's it's like I, I believe I first learned about it about two years ago sometime in 2020. But like if you pay attention to news in, in any regard, whether you care about celebrities or, or not, because I don't care about celebrities, I don't follow celebrity celebrity lives. I, I kind of don't care for the most part. But even with me not caring, that's something that I remember coming across and seeing. And it's interesting because Chris Rock made an entire documentary called Good Hair, called Good Hair. And he did it specifically because of the struggles he saw with his daughters um, with their own hair journeys, right? Now, Regardless of how you feel about the quality of that documentary, the fact is Chris Rock is not ignorant in understanding the relationship between black women and their hair. He absolutely should know that. He, especially considering the documentary, he should know that. And while you can, there, there were ways that you maybe could have framed the joke about it. Maybe you just should have not told the joke at all. You know? 
this is what I mean by you have a responsibility with your words in, in, in this platform. Chris Rock used to be one of my favorite comedians. I loved Bigger and Blacker. I've been, I enjoyed so many of his comedy specials over the years. And whenever he would do comedy bits or be in something, I would be, I would go check it out because for the most part, I very much enjoyed not only his, uh, his, his style of telling jokes, but his actual commentary, because, you know, there would be valid good points in there. There would be, but as I mentioned before, as you know, I grew up and as society has changed over the course of the last 20 years or so. I can look back now at some of the things that I used to find funny and see why they are problematic. And this is not to say that you can't find humor in problematic things. I absolutely do. So many of us do. But just because you find the humor in it does not also mean that it's not problematic anymore. Multiple things can be true at once. You can say something that is funny that is also problematic, right? And the fact that it is humor does not really make a difference in 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 that or not because the harmful thing was still said even if it's funny it's still harmful and that should be acknowledged there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that that's not something we need to as a society sweep under the rug so chris rock should absolutely have known better to say that and it's especially being in that particular arena you are a, a black male comedian telling a joke as you say a joke about a black woman struggling with a medical condition in a room full of white people and while i personally don't give a fuck about how white people see me or see you know like i don't care about that it's a different level when you are disparaging another black person for the entertainment of white people. It's bad enough that it already happened six years ago at the Oscars when Chris Rock was essentially trying to make, uh, you know, demean Jada and this idea that black actors should not feel a way about none of them being nominated at, at an award show. That's, that's, that's one thing, right? That that's, that's where it started. But it's another thing to, to, to do it here, to do a mean, a mean spirited joke at the expense of, of, of black women, a black woman in particular that you had already previously targeted for one reason or another. And so when Will, and, and you know what, let me, let me talk a little bit about Will in this, in this case too, because I have felt very bad for Will Smith over the last couple years. One of my biggest issues with the internet is because so many of us have become just very desensitized and, you know, the internet for the most part is our escape. We, you know, we, we lose sight of the fact that sometimes the things we say about, you know, even celebrities has real impact on them. And it's very mean spirited, but because by, for the most part, many of them will never see it we don't think it, it, it matters whether we say these things and say them out loud or repeat them. And so, and, and that honestly speaks to another thing too, that we, we see in the age of the internet, where if you repeat something enough times, 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter whether or not it's true anymore, because more than enough people will have seen it. It'll be true by proxy of everyone believes it to be the case, regardless of whether it's the case or not. So, I won't dive into the specifics of everything that happened with Will and Jada when um, the situation with August Alsina came out, but the one thing I've always respected about Will you know, like it or, or hate it, is this idea that there should be a separation between your public life, if you're a celebrity, and your private life. And not everything that you experience in your private life necessarily needs to be public information or be out there for public consumption. It's been reported for forever that Will and Jada have had an open marriage. Whether that's true or not, I don't, I, I could never actually speak to it because I don't follow celebrities, but I've also just been of the opinion that whether they have an open marriage or not, like it's, it's also just none of my business. I, I don't need to have an opinion on that because how they live their lives does not impact me at all. And as long as everyone involved is okay with whatever the situation is, then Hey, cool. So be it. So it made me very uncomfortable to kind of see so many of the memes with, with Will Smith in the aftermath of that. Like, of, of course, it comes to, like things like their red table talk and other things like they feel very fake. But I also think that some of that is necessary because, again, you don't need to live your lives public for, for public consumption. And I've, I've, I've been a strong proponent of that just for, for myself. I'm very cognizant of what things about myself that I share on the internet, you know, and where I share them and who, who will see it. Am I comfortable with, with this audience of people seeing what I am going to say with the platform that I do have? So I've never had an issue with Will and Jada in their relationship. And it, it has really, it has really upset me, I would say in the last, you know, in the last two to three years, however long it's been to kind of see, you know, these really disingenuous, disingenuous takes on men's mental health, right? And I say they're disingenuous because in the name of memes and jokes and humor, you have, you turned a very vulnerable moment for Will Smith where he, you know, was having a public conversation with his wife about something that he was obviously still hurt by and people turned it into a meme and turned it into a joke. And on top of that, let, let, you know, half truths and completely untrue statements completely run rampant. And they've made Jada out to be this villain that she is not. I mean, I have my own feelings uh, about some of that stuff about her, her relationship to August, because I do think that there was uh, something, you know, something rotten in, in terms of, their relationship and is is really an if you know if you if you know you know kind of ordeal but i'm not going to really break down into that now because the point that i'm really trying to get to is to say that if we're going to talk about like caring about men's mental health then like we we can't do this thing of turning vulnerable moments where we're sad and memeing it and, and, and telling lies and things that are not true just for the sole purpose of, you know, of, of making, of making jokes. Right. That's why, that's why I said that I, I thought a lot of the, 
the concern for Will and making Jada out to be a villain is just completely misguided and completely based in massage noir, right? Making, making black women the villain. And so I felt very bad for them in the last, in the last two to three years because of stuff like, because of stuff like that. And the fact that their relationship has largely been impacted by, you know, society and social media trying to dictate to them the dynamics of their relationship. I get how that can be frustrating and I get how that can lead to a ton of buildup and, and frustration because of just all of these attacks on your masculinity and your family, so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I feel for Will and I feel for his family. And as far as the actual event itself, I kind of, I'm pretty sure I said this in the beginning. I, I can't fully remember. I think Will Smith did what was right. I think he did the right thing. And I think he did the thing that a lot of people would expect their partners to do when someone is publicly disrespecting them about something that they are sensitive about. And I don't mean sensitive in a negative connotation. I don't think being sensitive is inherently a bad thing. And I think for Jada to have the reaction she did in that moment was appropriate, especially as I mentioned before, because she really, she had been very public about her struggles with it. Whether, whether or not, whether or not people at large knew about it, that's still, she still has a right to feel the way she felt. And Will's reaction was also appropriate because that's, uh, that, that, sometimes <clears throat> very sorry about clearing my throat. Um, but Will's reaction was, was appropriate because that's what you should do when someone is disrespecting someone in your circle. Now, yes, there are many ways in which you can res you can respond to someone doing that. But for me, Will's reaction was just that. It was a reaction. People are talking about it as if it was the initial act itself, but it's not. The, the initial violence came from Chris Rock when he said what he said. Because, as I've mentioned before, words carry weight. Words can cause harm. And just because it's under the guise of a joke doesn't make it okay or doesn't mean that the words are any less hurtful or any less impactful. No one should be made fun of for having a condition that they can't control. It's not their fault. And they have every right to feel the way they feel about it. And with Chris, knowing how the knowing the the relationship between black women and their hair or seemingly understanding that, since he made the documentary, he should have known that it was in poor taste to do that. And so I personally believe that Will was within his right, whether or not, whether or not he thought it was funny at first, because I know that's been a huge talking point. But when I, when I watched that clip initially, I saw a nervous laughter. I saw a, I saw a, uh, wow. Like, like it was still registering the fact that that was, that was being said, because here's the thing. At so many of these award shows, you know, celebrities just do the smile and, you know, laugh and blah, blah, blah. Like they, that's, that's like a staple because, you know, they, you know, when a when someone is doing that monologue, they'll do uh, camera shots of the crowd or a camera shot of the person being, 
being spoken about. And that person will be, you know, like, ha, 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 you know, with like a, with a, with a really fake smile, you know, just to give the appearance that they are participating in the performance of the event itself. So Will's initial reaction struck me more like that than like, you know, a genuine, oh, he thought it was funny too until Jada didn't think it was funny anymore. But for me, in that, in that, in that scenario, because I, I, I saw his actions as that. It's why I think it eventually led to that. Like he was made uncomfortable. Then he very clearly probably looked over and saw Jada was uncomfortable because the camera, at least the, the angle that we got, that we got to see as people, we could see Jada go from like that kind of awkward laugh to being like, oh, wow, he, wow, he said that. And that then led to Will, you know, going and doing what he did. Now, I do want to get into this, this, concept of protection right because that's something that has come up a lot in you know since this since this took place um i actually hold on before i before i even get to that hold on because I, I i do have a, a couple final things on will you know sometimes like for me personally sometimes violence is the answer like i i'm not someone who who believes in this idea that violence is never the answer that you know, sometimes you can talk it out. Sometimes you got to slap the shit out of somebody. And, you know, it's up to you to discern when, you know, when it's appropriate to do either. For me, because I don't care about white people or how white people feel about me and the things I do. I didn't care about the venue being at the Oscars. Reality is when someone disrespects someone in your circle, they, the actual venue should not matter, right? If you take it into account, that's your that's your right. But for for me personally, I don't care about stuff like that. Chris Rock needed to be checked, and I think with it being a something, this is something that has gone on for a number of years. It's not the first time that he is you know has cracked jokes at her at her expense. Yeah, sometimes it's it's warranted. Will Smith, Will Smith literally said, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth and then repeated it, repeat and, and then repeated it. Like, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth, which just goes to show that he's 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 dead serious. And like, that's the kind of energy that I feel like you you should have when someone is openly disrespecting someone in your circle, be that your romantic partner, your family, friends, just anyone that's that's around you. And for I would even say for me like personally that's the same energy that we should just have collectively as a people like for me for me personally like i i i wouldn't want i wouldn't want anyone to sit by while any black person regardless of their you know age uh gender or color complexion is being disrespected you know by someone over something that they can't control or just being disrespected in general you know like that, that I, I don't like to see that anywhere. So Will reacted the way that, you know, I felt that was, was appropriate. You know, people going on and on about, you know, was it the time and the place? Well, here's the thing. The initial, the initial violence came from Chris. He chose, he chose that to be the time and place that he wanted to disrespect a black woman on a stage on, you know, in front of millions of people, watching on TV in front of a bunch of white people in that audience in particular. He made that the time and place. So Will's reaction for me was appropriate. I had I have no issue with it. 
I'm I'm a hundred percent okay with it because sometimes it be like that. You know, for, for, for so many of us for so many of us, you know, it's just it it was jarring, right? For so many people it was it was a jarring act. But that's you know, if you're not familiar with that. Because if you really think about it, just in life, there are a million scenarios I can think of where you saying something about someone's anything could get you slapped up or or worse. You know what I'm saying? This is why you have to be cognizant with your words. You have to be you have to think about the impact that your words can can have. Because sure, you know, if it were something harmless and blah 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 and it was you know, it was actually a good joke and, and, and it didn't make fun of her her for having alopecia and didn't make fun of the fact that, you know, that G.I. Jane um, was a really derogatory term uh, for for uh, uh, black women with very specific body and hair types before. OK, yeah, might, might have gotten away with, with it. But the reality is what happened happened. And I think Will uh, responded appropriately. But. Um, let me use this, uh, this point to like transition over. So, cause I, I want to touch very briefly on this idea of protection, right? I was, uh, I was texting a friend the other day, like in, in the immediate aftermath of, of it and talking about this idea of protection, talking about this notion of, you know, black, black men coming to the defense of women that they are linked to, linked to in some form or fashion. And whether whether or not, you know, men reacting is one of two things, whether it is a about their bravado and their ego and having their masculinity challenged or B, it takes the power away from the woman in that regard, because the the event then becomes less about how the woman feels and what that woman uh, would like to see happen and more about someone else making that decision for her, which I, I think that there are very valid reasons to to think those up because, yeah, for the, for the most part, there are a number of occasions where, yeah, male bravado and ego is what leads to a lot of these confrontations. And some of the takes that I've seen come out in the last 24 hours have been kind of crazy. I'm saying a lot of stuff about, you know, toxic masculinity and, you know, Will being abusive to Jada because, you know, because he was willing to go slap Chris. That means he must be willing to go slap his his wife or, or any woman or anything like that. And like there, there are some 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 Olympic level leaps being made being made here. Like, yeah, in very certain specific circumstances when you're dealing with abusive people, like, yes, those things can absolutely be true. And I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that I, you know, am, am disparaging anyone who feels those feelings when they see the, the, you know, what happens. But, you know, hashtag protect black women has been this thing that has come up so very often in the last couple years because, you know, by statistics or by whatever metric you want to use, black women are the least protected class in this country. They face issues for being black and for being women. You know, they are, if you want to, if we have a figurative totem pole, they are the bottom rung when it comes to who, you know, who gets protection, who gets care, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And so, 
just in in that regard because black women face so many attacks on their hair on their complexion on their body type on uh them becoming mothers on what they choose to wear on you know uh particular uh features of their bodies like having you know uh, li uh bigger lips or a more shapely body or you know like these these are things that black women are attacked for and i think where some of this idea of protection comes from you know is one it, patriarchy is absolutely part of it because patriarchy you know is you know it, it has its fingers in literally everything you know what i'm saying um but i don't i don't think it's always necessarily a bad thing in that regard either because just because someone can defend themselves does not mean that they also don't want people to come to their defense people are tired and when you speak to black women and you have black women in your life that you communicate with regularly that you listen to them and you listen to the things they say and you listen to them talk about you know their experiences you under you, you have an understanding that you know, black women are very tired because of just all the attack, all the attacks and all the things they that they collectively just have to deal with. And so for the reason I don't believe that not even not even just black men, but just black people in general coming to the defense of black women is, is, is a big deal because, you know, they deserve to have care and to, to have someone show up for them in that way. Right. We're so used to seeing you know, this happened for, for white women, white women go missing. And it's, you know, it's all over the news. And I'm not saying that that should not be the case, but that energy should be kept when black women and, and black girls go missing because they are being trafficked or because harm, you know, may come to them or like whatever the case may be, that energy needs to be kept the same. And so I think the part of the reason so many people are uncomfortable seeing Will Smith do what he did is because they're not used to seeing black men show up for black women in that regard. They're not used to seeing that. It's not a normal occurrence. Being a black man that interacts with a lot of black people, I have tons of videos that I've seen over the years of black men showing up for black women in that way. And it's always a, a, a awesome when we see it happen. You know, I, 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 I remember this very distinctly remember this video of a, this white man that was harassing this black woman who was trying to leave. I think they were at like Walmart or something. And this black man who does not know, does not know this black woman shows up and immediately gets in this man's face and, and makes him, you know, cut, like cut that shit out, cut that harassment out, cut those threats out, so on and so forth. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure he hit him. I'm not, I, I can't remember. It's, I, I don't remember how it exactly how it ended, but you know, like, yeah, could that black woman perhaps have handled that by herself? Sure. But she shouldn't have to, you know what I'm saying? It should be a collective thing where, you know, when, when black people are being harassed, you know, when there are threats of violence that we, we collectively rally and come to their aid and their support. So I have no issue with that. Black women face weight, the threat of violence on multiple levels from multiple people. And that even includes the very men that I'm talking about that are supposed to be, that, that, that should chime in and defend them. Interracial violence is very, very much a thing. And 
we absolutely have to do a lot more to curb that and, you know, and, and, and help men, you know, process their feelings and emotions and get out of these behaviors of, 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 of uh, and emotions where they express, you know, their toxic masculinity or feel like, you know, their ego is being challenged and so on and so forth. But with that being said, I think that just, it's a thing where like multiple things can be true, right? I, I, I do think that we as black people have a responsibility to show up for each other and defend each other. Black women show up to defend black women all the time. And it's great to see that that's the case. But I think black, black women collectively, and, and, and I've, I've heard this from so many of the black women that I've interacted with and, you know, the ones that I still have in my life now, that like sometimes they just don't want to have to fight. They would like someone to come to their defense. The, the, the tables have been turned the other way for so long. Black women, it was not, black non-men have, are, you know, they're the ones behind things like Black Lives Matter. They are the ones that are responsible for so many of the um, um, social justice initiatives that we've, that, that have happened in the last 10 years, like last nine years or so. And so they always show up for us. So I feel like you know, as a man, it's my responsibility to show up for black women. As men, we have a responsibility to show up for black women and not even just the black women that we have relationships with, not just the ones that we're romantically interested in, not the black women that we find attractive or that we, we think, you know, you know, uh, will be attracted to us or that can benefit us or that can help us. There, there, there's a notion of selflessness that we should have. Like we should do these things without wanting to, um, without without wanting something in return for it, right? We we do it because it's the right thing to do, and so that's what that's so like for me. That's that's exactly what this this idea of protection means, and what it should be. So I have no issue with Will responding in a violent manner to violence that was enacted against Jada. Again, people have a whole issue with, because you know something is not visible, that it's not as impactful or as bad as something else. But I, I don't believe, I personally don't believe that. And I believe that it's okay to react to violence with violence, right? I don't think you should have to be the bigger person when someone is openly disrespecting someone in your circle, not even just your romantic partner, but just someone in your circle. You don't have to tolerate disrespect and comedians need to do a better job of being funny and writing better jokes. It's your job to be funny, but like you can't, you can't do this thing where you're just relying on the, the lowest rung of humor because you're trying to get laughs. You know, like Cat Williams was never one of my favorite comedians, but he does have some bits that I particularly enjoy, but he said something a couple years ago that I've, that I've held near and dear to me and and anytime some controversy comes up with a comedian because they don't find themselves able to write jokes that don't make the thing that shouldn't be joked about the joke and i'm gonna paraphrase here but he basically said like if you can't adjust your comedy for the time that you're in then you don't deserve to be a comedian you're not a comedian you have to adjust with the times. That's why for me, Dave Chappelle does not get a pass for those for those uh, really terrible, bad faith transgender jokes that he does. 
I, I don't give him a pass for that. I don't give Chris Rock a pass for that because you can tell jokes that involve black women without making specific issues, specific things about them or the fact that they're a black woman, the joke. You have to be smarter than that. And to be honest, Chris Rock probably had it coming ever since, as far as I'm concerned, ever since he let Ricky Gervais and Louis C.K. say the N-word and, and, and mouth it off, you know, with regularity. Yeah, no. So I say all that to say, I think Will Smith was was uh, was very justified in, in what he did. Um, I, I believe just in general, you know, black men, black people overall, but black men especially need to show up for black women the way that they have collectively shown up for us. And while I do believe that we should, we should definitely entertain conversations, you know, where we talk about the male ego and bravado and like having a violent reaction to something when it's not warranted. But I don't think this is the place for it because I do believe that in this case, it absolutely was warranted. Part of the reason that we tell children not to hit each other is because they don't have the intelligence to understand when violence is necessary, right? They have not, they don't have the lived experience. They don't understand the nuance of when to do certain things versus when not to. But for me, that's not, as an adult, that's not the case, right? We know, we know when it's appropriate and when, not always, but I think in this case, we, we definitely do. So that's, largely all of my all of my thoughts surrounding this i don't believe will should lose his oscar especially when so many other men have not had to give their uh oscars back for their uh various transgressions in fact i i just earlier today saw a tweet about the fact that the academy awarded an honorary oscar to a white supremacist in 1936 while hitler was still expanding the nazi regime the Academy to this point has not rescinded the award or apologized for it. And there are a number, there are a number of others um, who have, who have committed various transgressions against various people and have not had to give their Oscars back. So I don't believe that Will should have to necessarily do that. Okay. And also this stuff with August Alsina has nothing to do with this situation. Stop demonizing Jada. She's not a villain. Stop bringing up that situation when it is not relevant to anything with this situation whatsoever. Public disrespect warrants a public response, which is, again, why I don't have an issue with what Will did. And so I want to end with this quote that I read from this article. I believe the woman who wrote it, her name is Sarah Rose. And she wrote an article about, you know, words and violence. And while I have some issues with the conclusion of it, I did find this quote really important. And so I want to read it and then we'll end on that note. Quote, words cannot cause bruises, though they can affect one's physical health. But words can break a spirit. They can cause grief, anxiety, hopelessness, etc. Words matter. And just because the effects of words aren't immediately visible doesn't make them any less potent. So make sure you keep that in mind while engaging in conversations about this situation and and try to do a better job of learning and getting additional perspectives and getting a better understanding of how words can cause violence. 
which is the reason that comedians and other entertainers don't get a free pass for saying things just because it's their job. With that being said, I've said all that I've needed to say. I want to thank all of you for listening. Uh, once again, make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as our other podcasts like uh, At the Diner, GGR Post Game, and The Gamer Den. And make sure you follow Great Geek Refuge on all social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Patreon, where for only a few bucks a month, you can get early access to, ep- to some episodes and some other really, really dope perks. With that being said, I'll catch you all next week. Peace out. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>